the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast once again. I'm Jason Sobel. He is Len Hochberg from RotoWire. It's a short week on the PGA Tour. The Farmers Insurance Open, it starts on Wednesday. Remember, if you're reserving those DFS lineups, if you're waiting to get those bets in, it's a day earlier than usual. They're starting on Wednesday, ends on Saturday. You'll see it a million times between the time you're listening to this and when they start. But remember, you've got to get everything in a day earlier. Uh, and yeah, we get to watch some football on Sunday. I guess there were some decent football games this past weekend. Len. Absolutely watch the games. Yeah. I mean, who didn't? I mean, everybody's still talking about last night's game. Yeah. Funny. I was looking at the bio for Hudson Swafford as I was going back and forth. And Swafford and Stafford both went to UGA at the same time. And among Swafford's interests in his bio are he enjoys following the NFL career of his friend, Matthew Stafford. So there is a little bit of a connection there. We're not going to review too much today because we've got so much to get to moving forward to this week. And I'm just going to throw it out there just to start, whether we're talking betting, whether we're talking fantasy, I think the first question that we have to look at and we have to answer this week when we're trying to make our bets and trying to invest a little in this tournament is to ROM or not to ROM. That is the question. Do we want to have some sort of investment in John ROM? Or do you want to just bypass them all together and hope that everybody else eats the chalk and the chalk doesn't pay off? Where are you when it comes to John Rahm, who, oh, by the way, in case you've been sleeping for the last five years, won the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines last year in five starts at the Farmers Insurance Open. He's got four finishes of seventh or better, including a win. Obviously, the world's best player is the favorite this week. What do you think of John Rahm and how much will you be investing in Rahm this week? It's a question that's going to be every week almost whenever he plays to Rahm or not, not to Rahm. You know, he's only 11-2. I don't know if something has changed with DraftKings. I mean, I seem to remember we used to see higher prices for the top guy on the board. We used to see some 12s on occasion, but 11-7s, 11-9s. I mean, he was 11-3 last week in a mediocre Amex field. He's 11-2 now in a very strong field here. The question of paying for the top guy is not quite what it used to be. You spelled it out. He does well here just about every year. I don't know if I'm going to play him. I wrote about him and I said, if you pick him, no argument for me. I don't see how you could argue with anybody taking John Rahm this week based on what's there. And you can fill out the rest of your lineup. I will probably go in a different direction. And that's always a danger because it could come back to bite you. Okay. So from betting terms, I'm going to bypass Rom this week and I'm going to sort of hold my nose and grit my teeth and just hope that he doesn't demolish the field as he's done in the past year, which is certainly very possible. And if it happens, tip your hat to him and say, okay, I wasn't on Rom and that's all right. It uh, doesn't mean I don't like him. Doesn't mean I won't have some sort of investment in him for one and done pools. I highly recommend Rob. It depends on what kind of pool you're in and who you're with, but if you can kind of pull your fellow poolsters a little bit and try to figure out what they're thinking, I have a feeling a lot of people don't want to quote unquote burn Rom this early in the year. And so they say, I'm going to save him for the masters. I'm going to save him for the U S open. He's going to win some big events that are worth a little bit more money down the line. So I don't want to use him up here. I say, John Robb's probably never going to have more win equity, more win probability than he does this week. Doesn't guarantee him of winning this week, of course. 
but certainly he has a higher probability to get it done at Torrey Pines against this field than he does at, say, Augusta National in April against a field of the best players in the world. So I think that's worth looking at if you're playing one-and-done pools, if you're doing that type of fantasy. For DFS purposes, I think it's a very, very interesting week. I think it depends how far down the board you can find some value. There are very few names in the 6,000s on DraftKings, Len, that I really like that I look at and say, man, I love those guys. There are a ton of guys in the mid-7,000s. So if you can build one with Rom and some of those guys in the mid-7,000s, I don't mind it. I probably find more value on couple guys who are in that low 9,000 range, couple guys in the 8,000s, couple guys high 7,000. So I think there is value in fading ROM for DFS purposes this week. But again, very much like you. If you like ROM and you want to take ROM this week, I am certainly not going to sit here and try to talk you out of it. Funny you say that. I was looking over the numbers this morning just before we got to this and it really was a struggle in the 6,000s. Nope, 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 nope. And, you know, finally came up with three. I usually like to come up with four. I came up with three. Nothing quite as low. We both talked about Trey Mullinax last week. He was 62 or 63. And mm-hmm. the week before that, Vaughn Taylor at 61. I think there's so many more good guys at the top of the field make the 6,000s less attractive. We don't have the 54-hole cut like we had last week where there was, you know, you have a little more freedom. It's a struggle. And there are a bunch of guys in the sevens and the nines, as you said, who I do like as well. So, uh, you know, that said, there are still some guys in the tens who certainly could come away and win the tournament and could be part of a strong lineup. Let's go down. Let's start at the top and and move our way down. And we're talking about DraftKings this week. John Rahm, as you mentioned, 11-2. Justin Thomas at 10-9. I've got to imagine that Justin Thomas is very low owned this week, at least in Justin Thomas terms, just based on the fact that he's only 300 less than John Rahm. So if you're paying up, you're probably paying up for John Rahm. Maybe there's some equity in playing Justin Thomas, who's obviously good enough to win anywhere, anytime. Hideki Matsuyama right behind him. Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, who I do like a lot this week. Daniel Berger, Bryson DeChambeau, Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, Sung J.M., Will Zalatoris, Tony Finau, and Mark Leishman round out all the guys who are 9,000 or higher. Of those names that I just mentioned, who sticks out to you as a guy that he's kind of a must-have in, in some of my lineups, at least? I want to get some equity in these guys. I agree with you about Thomas. He's so close to Rom. There are some other guys who are much lower. Xander Shoffley sticks out for me at 10-1, more than $1,000 cheaper than Rom, $800 cheaper than Thomas. I don't think I'm saying anything that a lot of people aren't already thinking themselves. He finally delivered at this course last year. You know, his game is he's just a good long iron player. He's just so well suited for this track. So I do like him at 10-1. I like Daniel Berger right behind him at 10. I was very disappointed to see Daniel Berger was $10,000. I was thinking and hoping he would be lower. He's such an unassuming guy. He hasn't done anything here in the Farmers. He hasn't played it in a few years. He had some injury years where he missed the cut, missed the cut, missed the cut, but he was seventh at the U.S. Open. I think he's got a good game for this course as well. I do like the two of them and moving down, Sam Burns at 9-7 caught my eye and Will Zalatoris at 9-2. And Fino, Tony Fino, $9,100. Tony Fino was 10-7 last year, $1,600 more, finishes second. What does he get? He gets dropped by $1,600. So um, he has not been playing that 
Tony Finau like lately. So I sort of get it, but still a $1,600 drop. I saw your tweet on that. And that was a really good point that you made. And Tony Finau has finished 13th or better in each of the last five editions of the Farmers Insurance Open. So he's a guy that I definitely want to have in a lot of lineups this week. And like you said, the price is certainly right for Tony. He's a guy that tends to show up to certain courses year after year. And this is one where he feels comfortable. He feels confident. He can rip that little fade down the South course and feel comfortable with where it's going the entire time. So I like him a lot. And I mentioned the South course. They'll play it three times this week for the guys who make the cut over 7,700 yards. And I get it. We can sit here and say, Oh, long and straight is really good. I used to play this Tiger Woods video game and David Faraday was the on-course voice. When you're playing the game, this is years ago and he always get up there and, you know, I'm, I'm on the fifth tee and David Faraday's voice comes up long and straight will really work well on this hole. And you're like, well, yeah, long and straight works well on every hole in every golf course in the entire world. Long and straight is a bigger advantage on some venues than others. Long and straight on the South course at Torrey is a big advantage on that one. And so I'm looking at guys that can really move it out there. And so from this top tier, other than Rom, Xander Shoffley is a guy that I really like. You mentioned it. He sort of got over that hump last year where he had played pretty poorly, four miscuts and five starts at his hometown event last year, finishes runner up. Granted, there weren't many fans out there, so he didn't have all the family and friends yelling for him. But I do think that getting over that hump is going to help him also finish seventh the u.s open at tory last year so that should be a big hurdle that he's gotten over already quite frankly he's due i know he won the olympics last year but xander shoffley is due for an official pga tour victory tony finau we went through and i like him and the other guy i think you mentioned him as well sam burns look as long as sam burns is playing right now i like sam burns there aren't a whole lot of golf courses where he doesn't fit i know he's got that nickname bermuda burns he can putt everywhere. He, he's just that good. He was two off the lead a year ago going into the final round. Didn't have a good Sunday, finished in 18th place, but this is still a good course for him. All right. I want to get to this. Uh, let's call it that mid tier 8,900 and below. And I think there's a ton of value Len, I will be loading up on a bunch of these players and some balanced lineups this week, going down the list, which guys are you looking at saying these are the guys I want to get in some lineups this week. Another guy we talked about last week who, did not deliver for us was Matthew Wolf. Oh, yeah. Like from the, almost the opening, like Thursday at nine in the morning, he, he was done. Len, when um, I list the guy as my favorite play on the board, I get it. Like he doesn't need to be win the tournament. He doesn't need to, like, I get it. We're not going to hit a hundred percent of these. I'd like for him not to be DFL after the first day. That would be nice. Is that too much to ask for? Exactly. And, and for me, when a guy does that to me, you know, how dare he? It's very hard for me to pull the trigger mm-hmm. and certainly to recommend to people. But anyway, I do like him. He's played this course twice. He withdrew last year. That might have been the onset of his personal issues. But the year before, 21st in his first tournament, hits the ball far. He's actually very good around the greens. And that's going to come into play a lot this week. You're going to have to scramble in the Kakuya. I mean, that was Patrick Reed's outcome last year. He was great, and he's not a, a big hitter. I think this is a good fit for Matthew Wolf. I like him a lot in there. After that, I'm going into the sevens, and 
Keegan Bradley, long and straight, not a bad chipper either, also good around the greens. And I think these small, small, tiny greens, they only average around 5,000 square feet. That helps him, how do I say, not putt as badly, you know, maybe the bigger That's greens. That's a very diplomatic way of putting yeah. it. Yeah, so hey, he's had some good finishes here. He's had a couple of top fives. He was 16th the last time in 2020. And I'm also pretty high on noted Californian Francesco Molinari does quite well in California. He, he was 10th at the Farmers last year, 13th at the Open at Torrey. He was 8th at Riviera. I think he's a member there. And then 6th last week at the Amex. So he is fitting in nicely into the Southern California lifestyle. I like those guys. It just quickly, Aaron Wise, Brant Snedeker, who I didn't think I was going to like this week. It's hard not to have him in the conversation. I'm with you on a lot of those names. It's really tough for me to get behind a Molinari and a Snedeker. And I know they've played well on this golf course, but like we said, if you're sticking to the theme of long and straight is really good and long is going to help you on a 7,700 yard golf course, it just feels like Snedeker and Molinari and guys that don't hit the ball 320 yards every time, they're almost behind the eight ball just a little bit. They've got to be a little bit better at everything else that they do because they don't move it out there like some of the big boys. So doesn't mean they can't play well and they've proven in the past that they can but it's just going to be a little bit more difficult. They've got to be dialed in with everything else. All right. Agree with you on Wolf. Fern us last week. Tough to go back to him, but I still really do like him. And I think he's built for this course pretty well. Keegan Bradley all over him this week. Love everything about Keegan. I'm going to have him in a lot of lineups this week. Joaquin Neiman is a name that I'm hearing a lot. Just based on his price, there's a lot of value there. But he's priced that way because he didn't play well in the fall events. Hasn't played yet in 2022. And he hasn't played well at Tory Pines in the past. That's three strikes against him right there. And I'm not sure that he can keep swinging after three strikes, but it is a good price for Neiman. Lonto Griffin is a guy that tends to play some of his good golf in these mini clusters. We won't see him for three, four months. And then all of a sudden puts together two or three top tens in a row. He was third last week. He was seventh last year at this tournament. Nice little intersection of form and history. So he's a guy that I like. Luke List a little bit. I can get behind Aaron Wise, you mentioned, I don't quite like Aaron Wise as much here, having not played last week and making his debut, but he's still a guy I'm very bullish on this year. And another guy I'm bullish on this year, Keith Mitchell. Let's just face it. He's been brutal in California-based events on the West Coast swing. One for his last eight in making the cut over the last three years, but he's got everything we're looking for. He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball, hits it long, hits it straight. I'm guessing the greens just completely confound him, the Poana greens at Torrey Pines. But if he can figure them out just a little bit, Keith Mitchell, I think, can be a good play, and I would expect him to be low-owned. I'll throw Gary Woodland and Cam Davis on the end of there, too, as a couple guys that have some decent course history on this as well. All right, we mentioned right off the top, those 6,000 guys, if you want to try to squeeze Rom and maybe another big name into the lineup, you're going to have to get some guys who are cheaper. You mentioned a couple of the names that you like right off the top, but who are some of the other guys in this 6,000 range you might be looking at? I said at the top that I had found three guys in the sixes and actually it's two and and Doug Gim is at 7,000. And I'm not super on Doug Gim. He won't get you a lot of high finishes. He tends to get to the weekend a lot. You may need that for your lineup. Made six straight cuts this season. He was did it last week at the Amex. Made two of three at the Farmers. Rory Sabatini, he's about to play his Ooh. 20th 
Farmers Insurance Open knows the course. He's made 12 cuts. He's had some good finishes through the years. He was 10th last year. He's been terrible to this point. So that gives me pause. But I think that the course knowledge and the success that he's had, and he obviously likes to come to this place because he keeps coming back. He's at 6,700. And lastly, way down at 64, JT Poston. JT Poston has made the cut four straight times at Torrey Pines, three of them at the Farmers. He made the cut at the Open. He was 40th. He's had a terrible start to this season. He missed, I believe, his first six cuts. But suddenly, the last two weeks, the Sony and the Amex, he's found something. He's made the cut. He was 25th at the Amex, top 25. So the fact that he's played the Farmers well, and he seems to have overcome whatever was nagging at him in the fall. I like him and I tried to go lower than 64 uh, and I just couldn't. There's not much there. The cupboard's pretty bare. I'm sticking with four guys here who are all big hitters. They all fit the profile guys that I'm looking for. Dylan Fratelli has not really lived up to what we thought Dylan Fratelli might become a couple of years ago when he contended at the Masters. He won for the first time on the PGA Tour. Hasn't been great over the past year, but 6,900. And this is a course that should fit him. A couple of guys at 6,700. Joseph Bramlett's put together two really nice weeks. He's a guy that I always try to target on the West Coast. So I'll be playing him over the next month or so, month and a half until we get to Florida. And then I'll probably take him out of the rotation. But I like him for now. Scott Stallings won this event, finished runner up the next year. I believe that was 14 and 15. He's a guy I can get behind. I liked him a little bit in the fall. He started so some signs back then. And then so you said you couldn't get below 64. I've got one for you. Sepp Straka sitting at 6,300. He's a guy that I could see him ripping drivers around this golf course, yeah. maybe posting some numbers and at least being up there on the leaderboard. All right, time to make our lineup. I'm very intrigued by it this week. I don't know whether we're going stars and scrubs. I don't know whether we're going a balance lineup, but like I said, very intrigued. All right, Len, I will give you the first pick. Where are you going with our DraftKings lineup? Based on our conversation, I think we're going to end up going balanced. We're just not going to have a lot to go with at the bottom. So I think I'm just going to start with Tony Finau, $9,100. I mean, he's almost in the eights. We've talked about his success rate here. He's, he's in the mix every year and certainly value. I think it's a really smart play. I like that a lot. I'm going to go with a guy who's had a couple of really nice finishes at Torrey Pines in the past. I mentioned him earlier, but at 7900 Keegan Bradley, I think, is set up for a really nice week. He was 12th at the Sony Open a couple of weeks ago, and this one, I think, suits his game more than while I did at that one. I'm going to go with Will Zalatoris. He hits the ball far. He's top 25 in par four scoring for 450 to 500, which was an important stat, I think, this week. 17th in greens and regulation uh, and very favorable price as well. Boy, Len. Finau, Keegan, Zalatoris. We're going to be watching this lineup with our hands over our eyes, looking through our fingers and clenched up whenever they've got three or four footer on these greens because uh, <laughs> those are not the best putters in the world. All right. I think get a guy who, who rolls a little bit better and a guy coming off a good week. I mentioned him earlier. Lonto Griffin at 7,700. Maybe differentiates us just a little bit. I don't know how much love there's going to be for Lonto this week, probably more than if he hadn't finished in third last week. But like I said, he tends to play his best golf in bunches. So I do think that another good week is coming for him. So He's at 7,700. We've got 16-1 left for our final two players. A guy I didn't mention, but who I like is Matt Jones at $7,200. Last year, we saw Matt Jones win at 12 under at PGA National. If you can do that at PGA National and go 32 under somewhere else, I mean, that's the full spectrum 
of golf right there. He's just really impressing me now in his 40s now. I think he can certainly make the cut. He's made 9 of 11 here through the years, so he's played it many times. Obviously, coming back, he likes to be here. My buddy Reed Fowler with DraftKings always recommends stacking lineups. And I know that means more in NFL. It means more in MLB lineups. But in golf, what that means is take six really good drivers of the golf ball or take six guys who are good ball strikers or take six guys who are really good around the greens with their wedges. I was going to add on to all the really bad putters that we have. And let's just stack all the bad putters. I've got 8,900 left to spend sitting there at 8,800. Corey Connors is undervalued and underpriced. I like him at 8,800. I don't love him necessarily, but hey, let's just hope that essentially nobody makes a putt and everybody two putts. If that's the case, then our lineup with Connors and Keegan and Tony and guys like that, Zalatoris, those are the guys who are going to hit the most greens in regulation. So if it doesn't turn into any sort of putting contest, we're going to have a leg up here. So there it is. Keegan Bradley, Corey Connors, Tony Finau, Lonto Griffin, Matt Jones, Will Zalatoris is the lineup this week. Len Hochberg, thanks so much for joining us once again on the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. Remember, you can download, subscribe, rate us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Good luck with all your fantasy lineups for this week's Farmers Insurance Open. Here's hoping you guys get the great.